Well, hello, everyone. My name is JB with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away here under the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday, January the 2nd, 2024. That's right, 2024. We're two days into the new year, and I don't think I'm going to have much trouble remembering to say 2024. You know, often when the calendar changes to a new year, we find ourselves for a few days anyway, uh, mistakenly saying the previous year. But like many of you, I've been really focused on 2024 for some time now because of all of the things that are happening worldwide with, with potentially, anyway, prophetic implications. And so, boy, I've been chomping at the bit as we look ahead to so many exciting things this year. And it's exciting, even though it's unsettling, uh, because of the prophetic implications and because we know God is in control. And when things seem to be uh, falling apart, we know they are really coming together exactly the way the Lord wants them to in accordance with his plan of the ages. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'm going to be flying solo today. We've got some great guests coming up the rest of the week. Of course, don't forget tomorrow we resume our world events update with Randy. Can't wait to talk to him. I uh, chatted with him a little bit today by text and uh, really looking forward to reconnecting with him after we've been out of town the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then on uh, Thursday, I'll be a guest on the Stand Up for the Truth radio program with Mary Danielson. Looking forward uh, to that. We'll post that on our channel. And then on Friday, I've got uh, Pat Wood, uh, coming on the program. Uh, we're going to be talking about 2024 and the rising tide of technocracy. And he mentioned to me a couple of days ago that he's been working on some of his uh, predictions, if you will, uh, you know, some of his uh, thoughts on what might be coming down the pike this next year. And so can't wait to have Pat Wood on uh, this coming uh, Friday. And speaking of predictions, I hope you caught yesterday's uh, program with Leo Holman. We called it What's in Store for 2024, and Leo just had a power-packed hour of some, some really uh, just uh, interesting things that he uh, has pointed out in his article uh, this past weekend uh, on some of the top 10 things he sees uh, as significant coming in the, in the in this coming year. So I hope you both read his article, as I mentioned on the program yesterday, as well as caught yesterday's program. I know it was uh, New Year's Day yesterday, so many of you might have been uh, focused on family activities or other uh, holiday uh, things. But uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast yesterday, please uh, make time to go back and listen to it. A very important way to start the year as as uh, expert journalist Leo Holman uh, kind of gives us his thoughts. But uh, just a couple of quick words before I share with you. Uh, five pieces of good news, if you will. I'm calling this good news in 2024. I felt like after yesterday's program, we need on balance here to have some good news and uh, just to be reminded of all the, the many things that we have to be thankful for. And so I put together a list of five uh, pieces of good news that I think will hopefully encourage and edify and motivate you, even in the midst of such unsettling times as we find ourselves in uh, these days. But uh, before we get to that, just want to thank you again for your prayers as my family and I traveled the last couple of weeks of December. Got some great feedback from you on some of the pre-recorded podcasts that we had scheduled in advance to to post while I was away because we couldn't do live podcasts. I really appreciate Randy flying solo himself on one of those weeks when he did the World Events Update uh, by himself. Really grateful for that. 
Uh, but uh, we're back in the saddle now, looking forward to a great year. We've got some great conferences uh, coming up. You can check our events page at notbyworks.org. Off the top of my head, I know I'll be in Louisiana in February. And then from there, later in February, on to Georgia. Uh, from there, straight to Florida. We'll be doing three events back-to-back, Georgia and two in Florida, including the Orlando Prophecy Summit. And I want to mention, again, I think I mentioned this uh Oh, I can't remember exactly what context I mentioned it in here recently. It might not have been on air, uh, but I want to mention the uh, title of my two messages in Orlando. Again, that's the Orlando Prophecy Summit with Prophecy Watchers, a host of fantastic speakers. I uh, can't wait to hear some of the messages myself. You can learn more by going to our website and clicking on the Orlando Prophecy Summit banner, and it'll take you straight to their website, and you can see all of the speakers. But my two messages at the conference this year, the first one's called The Conspiracy Theory Conspiracy, Satan, Secret Societies, and the CIA. And I've just really been thinking a lot about that and putting down some notes. Can't wait to deliver that message. And then my second message there in Orlando in uh, late February, early March will be The New World Order Timetable. 2025 and the blueprint for global tyranny. So I wanted to mention those two just to kind of whet your appetites a bit about that conference. And believe me, there are some other outstanding uh, topics that I know are going to be uh, on the slate for that conference from some great uh, conference speakers. So mark your calendars. Love to have you join us for that. You can also watch it by live stream, but it's hosted by Prophecy Watchers, our good friends uh, Gary Stearman and uh, Mondo Gonzalez, and of course Bob Ulrich, they always do a phenomenal job, really leading the way these days and in such a time as this in uh, really uh, presenting key uh, prophetic messages uh, for these last days here in the church. So that's uh, upcoming, so February, March, and then I, I think I've got something in April and then in May. It's just a uh, the, the Tulsa Mid-America Prophecy Conference is in May this year. Can't wait for that. So uh, keep up with our travels there at the events tab on notbyworks.org. Love to have you join us if we're in your area or take a road trip uh, like we do. And uh, we'd love to connect with you in person at our uh, booth. Um, want to also remind you about the upcoming premier membership Zoom session. I think most of you know by now we have a special uh, subscription-only program at Not By Works. It's called our Premier Subscription. And uh, about once or twice a month, we do uh, members-only Zoom sessions, and we take your questions. We try to bring on special guests. And I uh, wanted to mention that this coming Monday... January the 8th is our next scheduled Zoom session. Again, it's for Premier members only. You can learn more about that at our website, notbyworks.org. You can sign up to be a Premier member uh, at the online store. That's notbyworks.org slash store. And it's a small monthly fee. We also have uh, uh, an annual option if it saves you a little bit of money. You can cancel at any time, but I know you'll really enjoy it. We have some exclusive content uh, each a week for members only. We also provide, you know, all the podcasts that we do like this one. Uh, uh, usually we have guests on today. I'm doing a solo podcast, but um, we, all, we all often provide the video version of those audio podcasts for our premier members only. So if you like to watch what's going on in the studio and see the guests and see their expressions and uh, watch as we dialogue together, uh, that's for premier members only. So check that out if you're interested, but for our premier members, and uh, that is a growing number, by the way. I'm so thankful for those of you who feel like uh, 
it's uh, worth a little bit of extra uh, to be able to kind of connect with us on a more intimate level. Uh, thank you for that very much. Uh, but I wanted to make you aware of that. Looking forward to that uh, next Monday. Well, good news. You know, yesterday we talked about some of the things that are happening uh, in the world and what we might expect in terms of economic issues, war, uh, more tyranny, the election, chaos, civil war, so many things that seem to be on the horizon. Of course, who knows? Uh, but they certainly seem to be. Um, but what about the good news? And so there are five things that I wanted to remind you of uh, this morning, just by way of encouragement. It encourages me, you know. Uh, I tell you what, we've We've had you know, quite an interesting uh, four to six weeks in spite of our two-week getaway with the family, which was wonderful and really rejuvenated and excited. Nevertheless, there are always stresses and anxieties kind of hanging over our head, if you will, and and uh, you know issues. And uh, just uh, yesterday, I was so encouraged to get a, a an email from uh, one of our listeners uh, who just poured out her heart, shared a little bit about her story, and showed uh, told us how not by works and some of our ministries and our commitment to the grace message had really impacted uh, her during a, a a difficult time in her life. And those are the kind of emails that I absolutely love and need. It just, you know, it came at such a timely moment. You know, it was it was New Year's Day. I'm looking ahead at the coming year, excited. Yet at the same time, we have a number of new initiatives. I'll say more about that in the coming weeks. But some some things that we're doing to reinvest. Uh, what you've entrusted us with, those of you that support this ministry, uh, to improve the ministry and give us a, a broader reach. So we're working on rolling out a new a full-fledged app. I know you'll be excited about that. We've got a new website on the way. We've got some other new uh, uh, things that we're going to be trying to, to produce this year. So all of that kind of weighs on me a little bit because you know, I, I feel like I have an obligation before the Lord to be a good steward of, of this ministry and and yet, at the same time, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy every moment of it. I'm so thankful for what the Lord's allowed me to, to be able to do here with this ministry. Uh, but anyway, this email came in at just a perfect time, and I was just convicted and encouraged and thankful, and I wrote them back and told them, told them so in the email. But uh, there's a lot of good news. And, and the first thing I want to remind you of uh, this morning in, in the way of good news, and again, I've just got five things that, that came to my mind. I mean, if you came up with your list, you could probably come up with 5, 10, 15, 20 things that we have to be thankful for. But there's some good news in the midst of all this bad news. And number one, God is still in the saving business. We need to remember that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about the gospel and how it's the power of God to salvation, Romans 1, 16, and how as the gospel goes forth, people are 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 more than ever turning to the Lord by faith and being born again. It reminded me of Jesus' encounter with Zacchaeus. We read about that in Luke chapter 19, and, and Zacchaeus uh, trusted in the Lord. And Jesus said to him at the end of that encounter, today salvation has come to this house. Today salvation has come to this house. He goes on to say, in that famous phrase in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's good news. In fact, the gospel means good news. Euangelizo is the Greek word. It just means good news. And it is exciting news to know that God is still in the saving business. Sure, everything around us may seem like it's falling apart. Satan may seem like he has the upper hand with all of the efforts that he is putting forth and conspiring with these earthly human accomplices to try to usher in a one-world system. But meanwhile, 
and we don't hear enough about this, people are getting saved all over the world. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, in fact, we, we had him on the program over the holidays, uh, Russ Harbin, and he was talking about how they had 11 people uh, come to faith at the end of one of their services, and then afterwards in the parking lot, they led a couple of more people to the Lord. I think it was two or three, maybe. And it's just the Spirit of God is convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And today is the day of salvation. And so if you're listening to this program, you know, we've picked up a, a lot of new listeners, uh, people that are interested in what's happening in the world and interested in the outstanding guests that we're privileged to have on and hear their commentary and their take on things. And a lot of our listeners may not be believers. You may have an interest in uh, prophetic matters or an interest in uh, some of the things that are happening geopolitically, but maybe you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation. Well, today, just like Zacchaeus, today is the day of salvation. Salvation is a simple matter of faith. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. You can't do enough good things to be worthy of it. You have to trust in Jesus Christ alone as the mechanism of receiving the free gift. And all who in simple childlike faith place their faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again for their sins, are instantly transformed from death to life, uh, born again, their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They are justified before a holy God and eternally saved. And so I hope that if you've not placed your faith in Christ, that you'll do that today. God is still in the saving business. And that, my friends, is good news. And frankly, I sometimes forget about that in all the busyness of ministry and because of my real earnest and sincere passion for the end times and all that's going on with the Luciferian conspiracy, I sometimes forget that simple fact that God is still in the saving business and the gospel is good news, and that's what we're all about here at NBW. Number two, the second piece of good news I want to remind you of is that, uh, remind you of, is that we have nothing to fear. <laughs> we have nothing to fear. God has already won the battle. We have nothing to fear. I know fear is a key weapon of the Luciferians. They absolutely love to use fear to motivate. They do it with the pandemic. They do it with all of these, uh, you know, terrorist threats and unseen boogeymen and so forth. They love to make you think that you've got to step, you know, in line and do exactly what they say. Shut down your churches. Shut down your small businesses. Take a a, a very dangerous, non-tested, gene-altering bioinjection you know, wear useless masks, do all kinds of uh, things just out of fear that would otherwise be nonsensical. And frankly, in an objective viewpoint, just would, would be funny if they weren't so dangerous. And they love fear. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear. And uh, we need to remember that. Fear is of the devil, not of the Lord. There's a, a reverent fear of God, a, a respect and an awe of Him, an understanding that He's God, we're not, He's the Creator, we're not. But that's not the kind of fear we're talking about here. We have nothing to fear. First uh, John 4, 4 reminds us that greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world. God's already won the battle. Uh, Jesus said in John 16, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. He's talking here to the disciples in the upper room just before he was betrayed and arrested. And it wasn't going to be long before he would ascend after the resurrection to the right hand of the throne of God. And he said, I'm going to send the comforter to you, the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says. If I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, uh, 
will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. When Christ was on the earth, we had perfect righteousness walking among us. Uh, but now we see that righteousness through the convicting work of the Spirit. But notice this last part. The, the, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan, my friends, has already lost. He's lost the battle. I know it may look like uh, the, the fierce enemy and all of his co-conspirators is 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 making inroads and, and having small victories. Um, but we know who wins in the end, and and, and as we read, in, as we read in Psalm one twenty one, a song of ascents, the children of Israel would sing this song as they would go up to Jerusalem to worship. They said, "I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber." Isn't it great to know that we serve a God who's never asleep? And we have nothing to fear. David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation in Psalm 27. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. We have nothing to fear, my friends. That's good news. That's great news. I mean, someday all of these wicked people of the world, the Klaus Schwab's, the Yuval Noah Harari's, the George Soros's, they're all going to bow and worship before the holy God Almighty, the King of Kings, and they will say, He is Lord. So we have nothing to fear. That's good news. Number three, another good news that you need to be reminded of is that all of the signs that we see around us indicate we're living in the last of the last days. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. You know, again, we focus on all these signs, and sometimes we get accused of uh, promoting fear, which I, I can't imagine why anybody would think that, because we so often use the Word of God and Scripture to remind you you have no reason to be fear fearful, but we do want to be prepared. We're simply doing what the Bible tells us to do in sounding the alarm, being watchmen on the wall. Proverbs 22.3 says, the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. And that's what uh, we want to do. Uh, but, you know, all signs indicate that we're getting closer than ever uh, to the return of the Lord. And, and this is good news because it means that any moment now, the eastern sky is going to split, and we're going to see the Lord coming in the air. Jesus told us in Matthew 16, remember, remember this conversation that he had with the Pharisees when they were testing him and trying to catch him and, and uh, you know, accusing him? And Matthew 16, verse 2 tells us, he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Well, hypocrites, you know how to discern the, the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And so we want to not make that same mistake. We want to look at these signs of the times. And as Paul told the Philippians, we need to remember our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly await the Savior. I've talked before about how that that phrase, eagerly wait for, is one word in Greek. It's apekdekamai. It's used seven times in the New Testament, and all seven times it refers to the rapture. And all of the signs indicate 
that we are living in the last of the last days, and that rapture could happen at any moment. And that's why we need to be eagerly waiting for it. That's good news. You know, it's good news to think uh, about this that Paul said in Romans. I mean, just, just think about this. I don't know where you are in your walk right now, what trials and difficulties you're facing. As I said, we all have them. We all deal with, uh, you know, drama in our lives, sometimes tragedy, difficulty, trials, hardships, illness. And listen to what Paul said in Romans 8. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits, that's that same word, apekdekamai, the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. See, right now there are imposters, there are uh, apostates, there are fake Christians, there are people who are Christians, but they're not acting like it, there are people that aren't Christians, there are people that are enemies of Christians and enemies of Christ, but someday when Christ comes back, the sons of God, true Christians, will be revealed as they're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Paul goes on, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. You know, the curse of sin not only impacted mankind and separated us from a holy God, that's why we need a Redeemer, that's why we need a Savior, Jesus Christ, and He paid our penalty on the cross, rose again, and now if we'll trust in Him, He'll give us freely the gift of eternal life. But it wasn't just mankind that needed uh, redemption. The whole earth is under the curse of sin. And that's why Paul says, we know that the whole creation groans with labors and with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who are the first fruits, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. What a day that will be. Notice this, for we were saved in this hope, Romans 8, 24. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? See, that's the thing. So many people set their affections on earthly matters, and they, they you know, have these goals, these temporal, materialistic goals, and then when they reach them, they find them to be empty. They find them that, to, that they weren't as fulfilling and satisfying as they thought they would be. So we don't want to hope for what we can see. We want to hope for what we can't see. I talked about this a little bit yesterday, or I'm sorry, Monday, uh, Sunday at uh, Plum Creek Chapel. It was so great to be back in the pulpit uh, there, and I talked about the unveiling of Jesus Christ. If you haven't had a chance to watch that video, it's posted at our website uh, under the videos tab. Uh, I hope you'll go back and watch that. I, I talked about how important it is to, to maintain hope for that day when we'll see Christ face to face. But notice he closes out by saying, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I'm looking forward this coming Sunday to starting a new series at Plum Creek. You know, we finished Nehemiah back before, uh, toward the end of last year, and then we spent the last uh, six weeks or so of, of 2023 focusing on Israel, and I delivered a series of messages on Israel, and then I was out of pocket for a couple of weeks, and now as we kick off the new year, I'm going to be starting a New Testament series from First and Second Thessalonians. We're going to go verse by verse through those books, and I can think of no better book of the Bible uh, for such a time as this. It's so relevant to what uh, thing, th things are happening all around us, just as they were uh, in uh, the, the audience, in the original audience of that letter. Uh, they were so troubled and facing persecution, yet they were 
godly believers, and, and, and Paul gives them such great teaching about the end times in those books. So we're going to look at those uh, starting this coming uh, Sunday. So, so far I've mentioned three pieces of good news. Number one, God is still in the saving business. Amen. That's great news. Number two, we have nothing to fear because God has already won the battle. Number three, all signs indicate we are living in the last of the last days, so keep your eyes fixed on things above. Let me tell you, wouldn't it be great to be one of the first ones to see Christ coming in the clouds in that instant? But number four, and this is great news, believers and unbelievers, for that matter, are waking up in record numbers, and that makes it harder for Satan's deception to work. I mean, it's amazing. With all that's happened here in the last few years, people are starting to, to realize that things are not as they appear. They're starting to realize that something is amiss. They're being lied to. Uh, it's never about what it's about. 1 Thessalonians 5, I can't wait till we get there in our new study of 1 Thessalonians at the church, but 1 Thessalonians 5, I often cite a portion of this passage in my books when I sign them. I, I, I jot this verse down. But notice what he says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Uh, for those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Pay attention. Wake up. Uh, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, that coming seven-year tribulation. That's not for us, uh, uh, but rather to obtain salvation or deliverance through the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes at the rapture. And Jesus Christ, he tells us, is the one who died for us, so that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. The good news is, even if you're asleep, even if you're not paying attention, uh, if you're you're not uh, alert and sober, like he says, and, 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 and watching for his return, that's not a requirement to get to heaven. You know, if you're saved by grace through faith, your home in heaven is secure, and everyone will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And he, he closes this passage out by saying, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. But I tell you what, I don't know about you. I don't want to be caught sleeping. I want to be caught wide awake, looking eagerly heavenward for my Savior. So it's great news to me that so many people are waking up. You know, I can remember when we first started waking up to the reality as we understood that we'd been lied to in so many areas and, and began to see uh, and connect the dots of Scripture more clearly in terms of the cosmic struggle between God and Satan and how Satan is orchestrating this uh, demonically influenced a Luciferian cabal uh, to, to, to try to take over the world and defeat God. When we when that became real to us and we became aware of it 15, well, actually 18 years ago now, it was it was amazing because we were wide awake, spiritually speaking, in, in the sense of 1 Thessalonians 5, but so many of our friends and relatives and, and people that we interacted with weren't. And it was difficult. Uh, Wendy and I often reflect back on those days about how we felt so alone and felt so un, you know, disconnected from people because they were focusing on things that really did didn't have any value, and and we could see and say, wait a minute, this is this you don't get it, <laughs> you don't get what's really happening. But now, it's not it's not as bad as all that. 
And now we we see people waking up right and left. And for believers, that's exciting because we have God's roadmap, the Word of God, to help us kind of connect the dots and 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 go back and look and say, oh, now I see what he was talking about in that passage, right? So for believers, it's particularly exciting. But what's even more exciting for me is that unbelievers are waking up, which makes them uh, perfectly prepared for the gospel to do its work and and draw them to Christ and make and place their faith in Christ. So that, my friends, is good news. We have more than ever before. Uh, we are seeing uh, a harvest of souls, a great evangelistic revival, not only in America but around the world, as people are waking up in record numbers. And I think Satan's kind of panicking because it's not as easy for him to deceive people as it once was. Now, we know as a whole, in the world as a whole, the Bible tells us that people are going to be more deceived the closer we get to Christ's return. Deception is getting worse and worse, 1 Timothy 3.13, but there's a remnant. There is absolutely a remnant, and the Spirit of God is mighty and moving and, and, and at work all around us, and we are seeing people waking up, and I hope that's you. I hope you're part of this last day's awakening that's happening. And then number five, the last thing I wanted to mention in the way of good news, and that is it's great news that we're not flying blind in the midst of all of this chaos. We're not just feeling our way through, guessing. We have a roadmap. We have the Word of God uh, as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The Bible tells us God's Word gives us everything we need, all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness, 2 Peter 1, verse 3. Uh, we know that God's Word is inspired. Uh, it is quick and powerful. That is living and powerful, Hebrews uh, 4, 12. And it, 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 it equips us with uh, sort of a navigational system, if you will. When things are happening, we can go to the Word, and I hope you're in the Word every day, and we can know right from wrong. We can know truth from error. We can know which direction to take. It nourishes our souls, and I hope you're in the Word every morning and and, and, and frequently throughout the day, meditating, thinking about the Word of God and all that uh, God's Word has for us. So there you go. I hope that encourages you. It encourages me. It's a great way to start the year. You know, we started yesterday with Leo Holman talking about all the, the bad things that seem to be coming down the pike and how to prepare for them. But today, I wanted you to have some good news just as reminders, right? And so we said, good news number one is that God is still in the saving business. The gospel is still going forth saving souls. Number two, we said, it's good news that we have nothing to fear. God has already won the battle. Number three, it's good news that all signs indicate we're living in the last of the last days, <laughs> the last of the last days. In other words, we may very well, in fact, I, I'm certain of it, that we are going to be the the final generation uh, before the kingdom age. Uh, I just believe that. I, I think all everything's coming together. There are no more frontiers for Satan to conquer. And that's good news, that our generation would be the generation that uh, experiences the return of the Lord. Uh, number three, it's good. I mean, number four, it's good news that believers and unbelievers alike are waking up in record numbers, making it harder for Satan's deception uh, to work. And, uh, you know, even though the vast majority of people are still blinded, uh, there is a remnant, and it's a powerful remnant that is coming together. And we need each other to be uh, helping each other in this great last day's awakening. And then finally, number five, it's good news that we are not flying blind. We have a roadmap. We have a blueprint. 
God's Word. And, uh, you know, I know there are so many great uh, podcasters and speakers out there. I, as God has expanded our uh, ministry and we've been connected to more and more of them, I'm, I'm being asked to be on programs. I didn't even know who these people are, but I'll go anywhere to preach the gospel. And as great as all of these speakers and podcasters and interviewers and radio shows and TV shows are, never forget the Bible is our number one resource. Uh, I hope you don't substitute listening, uh, reading the Bible for listening to me. If you are, stop listening to this podcast and go dust off that Bible and read it, uh, because the Bible is the only infallible standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. It is our roadmap. And so start there and then supplement it with some of these other great resources out there like NBW Ministries, but we are not flying blind. So I hope that encourages you today. Good news for 2024. Uh, again, so excited about uh, just the next few months and then even looking ahead into the fall. We've got some great things uh, planned, uh, but uh, be sure and join us tomorrow for World Events Update with Randy. I know that'll be exciting as always, exciting and a little bit of terror, a little bit terrifying as Grandpa Randy uh, sometimes uh, is. Uh, but uh, but we value his input immensely. Can't wait to talk with him. Uh, I'll be with Mary Danielson at Stand Up for the Truth Radio on Thursday, and then Friday, as I mentioned, we've got the esteemed Patrick Wood on the program to talk about 2024 and the rising tide of technocracy. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for listening. God bless you today and throughout the week. Be sure and check out our website. Lots of great free resources there. If you click on the online store and then on the top menu there, you'll see a section called free resources. Uh, we'll try to add some more to that as we move forward this year, uh, but you can download those for free. No credit card needed. Um, and there's lots of other great resources on our main website, uh, uh, archived podcasts and videos and devotionals and things like that. So God bless you. Reach out if we can help with anything. We love you and appreciate you. And we will talk again soon.